1: The illustrious Jabber bids you
0: welcome. (laughs) I'm going to regret this.
1: I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine.
2: When I have a large project at home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. But other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in and they're going to give you more of what they got. and. That time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next 6 to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at PortableChurch.com. Hey, Church Planner.
1: You're listening to the Church Planner Podcast with your host, Pete Mitchell.
2: And that guy who did the commercial who has the incredibly sexy voice. Uh... Pete Mitchell again? What?
1: No, nah, nah, it was me. You know,
2: it's weird. I don't like me doing commercials.
1: You know what's funny? I don't like you doing commercials either, so You're I get it. You're way better at
2: it, man. You should do that commercial.
1: What I love is that uh, you sold them on a the 30-second commercial, and it's a minute and 10 seconds.
2: <laughs> we all know what a bad salesman I am. <laughs> I remember when, when I was doing clinical troubleshooting. So I started off in Starbucks church planning, then went to being a window cleaner, then could make crazy money as a clinical troubleshooter using my, uh, RN and (laughs) I would come back from negotiating, uh, these deals rather than working like two days a week, I'd work like maybe one day a week or whatever, you know, maybe sometimes one and a half, whatever, um, and I would come back and I'd be like, hey, I renegotiated my contract. And I would always negotiate it where I would only get a little bit more money for like a lot more work. And my wife would be like, no, what did you do? And I'm like, oh, no, it works better. And anyways, I, I realized I wasn't very good at that.
1: You know, it's funny. I kind of understand that because when I uh – uh when I, I was a benefits manager for a video game company called interplay back in the day back when they used to exist and um, I was their Cobra administrator and they hired me away and I remember when I went to go work for them they're like uh, so what kind of income do you want I was like3 uh, 30000 dollars a year and they're like <laughs> uh, yeah we can do that yeah. I should have been asking for like 45 you know but I'm like uh, how old was I 23 at yeah. the time. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know. So, yeah, that's I,
2: rad, man. What games did they come out with?
1: Baldur's Gate was their big one. Oh, no Fallout,
2: way. No Fallout, way. Was theirs,
1: yeah. Um, uh, they they actually had a game they put a ton of money into. True story, called Messiah, oh. and you were a little uh, cherub angel that would come down and possess people, and the game bombed so bad it literally fried people's computers the graphics in it were so intensive that people would have smoke coming out of their computers because the graphics card couldn't keep up with it no way i remember this one guy sitting in my office total non-christian right and he goes well there is something about taking the lord's name in vain isn't there I was like, "Yeah, it took a couple million dollar
2: loss for you guys to uh to come to that conclusion." That's right. Don't touch it. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's funny, man. I read books. of Of course, I do. Right. I mean, I I just read books, but I read books about that era, man. Like the early '90s, like when people were making games. That was a rad time to be in the industry, Pete. I read this book called "Stay a While and Listen" about a game called Diablo. And how they oh, were yeah. making it—that is a fascinating story. They didn't agree on anything. It was going to be this really slow, like turn-based. You know, like you roll the dice, and one night a a, uh, a one of the programmers just stripped out the code that like gave the pause for the turns for the AI to do its thing. He just stripped it out and uh, took basically t- took the turn-based system out and stayed up all night like playing this thing. And it was like one command, you know, like he could just strip all that code out of the entire game. Right. Next morning, everybody comes in and they're like, what is this? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like just, it's whacking on you. You're whacking on it. You just got to whack it down faster. And, uh, the company literally split over whether or not they would, um, keep it how it originally was. And of course this was like a game changer, um, for, for the industry. And also, um, they, they were kind of working with blizzard entertainment at that time. It was a different company. Um, but they, they ended up, you know, forming a partnership and then, you know, um, absorbing into blizzard. But, um, but that was what funded world of Warcraft. I mean, was that guys just experimentation that night? So church planner, you know, I just got back from exponential, uh, West and, uh, the, uh, so many of the great conversations were about experimentation and implementation. Innovation. I was I'm just saying. Oh no. Oh no. I know where you're going with that. I'm just saying. All right. Well, uh, we had a, we had a really cool bunch of conversations, but one of our conversations took a bit of a, a bizarre turn. <laughs> Go on, Pete. i was just should we tell people okay first of all if you're
1: new to the uh, church planner podcast we're gonna have some church planning goodness in there
2: yeah we're actually gonna give a little bit of a breakdown of uh exponential and uh some of the good stuff that came out so
1: yeah so this is a little part that we'd like to call smack talk where uh, peyton and i like to catch up in each other's lives and you get to uh, be a fly on the wall and listen in and unfortunately right now our sound system is broken I can't hear any of these great sound clips I'm playing for you. What? I just happen to know that I'm hitting the right buttons, and they should be playing. So Peyton gets to hear
2: them. Yeah. Well, I think this may actually be a bit of punishment for um, Pete. Talk about divine retribution. So we always pray before the podcast. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, I'm, I, you know, I haven't had much caffeine this morning. And so I'm, I'm, I start to pray, and I go, oh. Well, God, you know, you know, my brain's not working so well this morning. God, you know, I'm not, you know, like, you know, there's times where like, you can't wax eloquent in prayer. And this is definitely one of those mornings. And so I give this kind of like hobbled together, like, you know, tattered and frayed, you know, um, you know, two by four prayer that's, you know, dunk, 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 couple nails. And, uh and, and right as I finish, the sound clip rushes in. Like I go, hey, amen. That's a spicy meatball. Exactly exactly what he does at the end of my prayer (laughs) and then he goes hey is that actually okay like can you imagine if that became a thing in church Where like you were praying and what (laughs) i hit it man i'm not only the heck our president i'm also a client
1: oh i'm just saying i'm just saying wait here's here's the what here's the full what
2: what (laughs) <laughs> oh man and uh and i told him no that's blasphemous and, uh, uh, and so, then so his, he did correct me and then his computer broke like right after that so we're actually recording on my computer instead of pete's so uh and pete had to go into a safe space it was rad because I could see, like, the Hulk coming on. It was like, you know, Bill Bixby, like, don't make me angry. Mr. McGee wouldn't like me when I was angry. Is it? I I spilled
1: my coffee all over my keyboard. I did that. No, you didn't. That's why I was like, I got to go, (laughs) because I had to go get something to wipe up all the (laughs) coffee.
2: I imagine, cause he goes, I can see in his camera, like, I, I see him get up from the desk. I see him walk out through the, 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 the French doors he's got into his office. Doors close and the dog's looking like, like, literally your dog goes, Oh no, like, look, <laughs> he kind of <laughs> follows you looking on. And I'm like, here he goes. And I expect to hear this fricker fracking, you know, like all this, you know, fricker fracking, firecracker shish boom, bah. bugs funny, bugs bunny, Remember that? I just no. had to throw that out there. So it was funny, man, because I was hanging with a guy. I'll, I'll talk more about it. I was hanging with a guy named Brian Sanders, and uh, I just kept busting out all this pop culture. And he was like, I've read your books. He goes, it is so funny that you were just a, a an endless wealth of pop culture <laughs> references. I told him, man, I am totally worthless in real life. But I kill it at Trivial Pursuit, man. But yes, anyway, it is true. It is true. You are worthless at real life. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I can't deny it. I mean, hey, it was like Spurgeon said, if you can't do anything else, dang it, go into ministry. <laughs> he actually said the opposite of that. <laughs> Don't go into ministry because you can't make it in any other business.
1: Yeah. So uh, So what, what else exciting
2: has happened for you this last week? <clears throat> you know, I have been like at Exponential nonstop. Like that is all I have done is just gone to exponential i'm sure funny things happen in fact i saw well, you there it will uh, how about uh, the voxer group oh dude yeah that was hilarious
1: go on man <laughs> all right so for those of you who don't know we got a little something we like to call the bivo inner circle it is for bivocational pastors and church planners and if you listened to last week's extended podcast it was a long podcast
2: why was it a long podcast pete
1: because I got to talk finally. I've had four years of pent-up frustration that you won't let me talk on the podcast, and I finally got to say a word or two. Right.
2: Are you done? No. Are you done? Because now it's just me going to talk for the rest of it. The- it will be an hour, everyone. Don't worry about it. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So uh, so
1: one of the things we talked about is, is people have made the comment, are these two guys even saved? And, uh, you know, it's it's still up in the air on that one. And uh, so in our ministry, we've got a ministry uh, voxer group for everyone that's in the Bible inner circle. And the conversation was off the hook. It was super good. Awesome. Right. Because one of the things we talked about was uh, young earth, old earth on last week's podcast. So, of course, Travis has to go in there and stir the pot again and be like, hey, let's talk about this younger the older thing and just, you know, opens it up. And we we covered, let's see, we covered uh, the flood, we covered Nephilim. The Nephilim was the best. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm coming out with a name for my next children's book. There's a Nephilim in my basement. I mean, it was like...
2: (laughs) Beautiful, right? Oh, it was, it was comedic gold because, you know, we have this call where we're interacting with these guys in real time. So they, you know, and it's not like, it's not like we're constantly chatting with them. I mean, there's times I don't get to this stuff for days, but there's other times where like I might be driving and I, you know, I can just feed into it. But, um, oh my gosh, some of this stuff is so funny. There was really intelligent stuff going back and forth on there from, Every side of this argument. I mean, I was really impressed. And the cool thing about the Voxer group is these guys, and they'll constantly say this, like, it is a safe spot for me to, they can share about like literally anything. And they've got brother and these guys are becoming tight, man. I can't wait till we get all these guys in the same room in future. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> like, and not there's just a lot guys. of stuff. That's an eighties there, guys. There's a couple, couple girls in there as well.
1: There, there's, there's, uh, there's things that they can talk about in there that they know it's a safe space that you could never talk about with your congregation because some of the people in your congregation are going to be offended that you don't have a, you know, totally solid stance on an issue that that person finds important <laughs> that you're right. sitting there going, this isn't a salvation issue. The Bible's not a hundred percent clear on this. You know, like creation, you know, Was it over time? Was it, you know, uh, a young earth, old earth? Uh, In fact, I had one guy I was talking to him. This is not in the Voxer group. And he's like, well, the Bible says that the earth was created about six to ten thousand years ago. And I'm like, "Um, actually, it doesn't say that. I'm like, I'm just saying uh, you've you've kind of read into this Mm -hmm. and you've put your thoughts into this. And, you know, but that's that's not the point of today's today's recap of the Voxer. It just was like it was going off. Yeah. And uh, well, and I loved Wyman's comment. Wyman's like, "Oh, Pete still believes the Nephilim could still be around."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I was like, "I'm just saying." It said they were there before the flood. They're there after the flood. I'm just saying th- nothing in the Bible says they're extinct. I, it, it just, I'm just well, throwing it
2: out there. So I loved what your your buddy in the Navy SEAL said. Are you at liberty to tell that?
1: <laughs> well, that. So I got a buddy who was a Navy SEAL. Um, He got out and then went to Biola, which is where I went. And so we were actually housemates. That's how I know him. He's a hardcore Christian, comes from a very Christian family. Uh, As a matter of fact, we've even interviewed his father on this podcast. Um, And so his view on the Nephilim, he goes, I believe the Nephilim are still around. Uh, they're just better at hiding. And he goes, <laughs> he goes. I've run into people in the special forces who I'm like, there's something wrong with these guys. Like, like literally something wrong. Yeah, and he goes, they're like, these one guy, machines. Yeah, they're,
2: they're indestructible. It's it's like
1: it's accepted too in this environment, right? I mean, it's totally yeah, and cool they're evil.
2: They're just plain evil people.
1: Well, he goes, this one guy uh, who was in the SEAL teams with them. He goes, his eyes are completely black. Like, they're just blacked out, you know, with white around them. And uh big guy, everyone knew he was a Christian. My buddy was a Christian. Everyone knew it. And so they went out on this this training operation, as he called it, because he goes, he goes, when I was an active uh, duty SEAL, he goes, we never were at war. So everything I did was a training operation. He kind of <laughs> said it with like a wink and a, you know, everything I did was a training operation. And we were always like, what does that mean Exactly. So he he had to go out on this, this you know, training operation, and he had to room with this one guy. And I can't remember what the guy's name was. Not that like I would even repeat it on this podcast in this context. But he was a huge dude. And the two of them had to sleep together in the same tent. And the guy just goes, you can talk about anything you want to talk about, but you say that name and I'll bleep and kill you. And so he what he was talking about is, you just don't say the name of Jesus. And I go, so did you say the name of Jesus? And he goes,
2: nope. <laughs> and, he goes, and, and we had to clarify, didn't we? We had to clarify on the boxer because someone goes, well, I think it's interesting. Pete still believes that. You're like, no, no, no. Listen. to My clear, buddy. I'm my just telling said. you what my buddy said that that he thinks, and he was he was on Navy. What was it like, SEAL Team Six or something? He was no, on no, Navy. no. He,
1: this guy wasn't the SEAL Team Six a This guy was the SEAL Team Five.
2: Oh, okay. So, so yeah, Pete just knows a bunch of Navy SEALs. No, I only know two. <laughs> I just, that's that's it. a bunch, <laughs> right? Because I know zero. So that's a lot. So, so, but I'm teasing. But you know the the funny thing is, I came in and I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> well. All I was pointing out is, like, the Nephilim are
1: mentioned twice in the Bible, once in Genesis, once in Numbers, and the time in Numbers, it says, oh, and they gave us a false report, and they said there are giants, and there are also Nephilim. It didn't say the Nephilim were the giants, and it said it was a false report, so I'm just saying.
2: Hey, Pete may not be saved, but he is biblical. You know, at best, he is biblical.
1: That um, was A. David's comment. He goes, I am so overwhelmed at the death of your knowledge of quantum
2: physics and theology. Or oh, something my gosh. Like yeah, no, it's so fun, dude. Like, these conversations are so, because you're like, look, in one sense, it could, look, we won't go into all the age of the earth, but you're like frying people's brains at one point. And it well, was it,
1: No, I was just because, it was funny because Travis is a young earther. and And I go, well, actually, the way that he described it, It's entirely possible in some theories of quantum physics for that to happen. Right. So I was just like pointing out, I go, that's why I've said on the podcast, I actually don't have a problem with a young earth and an old earth because in some parts of quantum physics, both can be true at the same time simultaneously. And I've never explained it on the podcast, those theories. Yeah. So I was just explaining it to it in
2: the Voxer group. And, you know, well, what's rad, man, yeah. is when we got to the Nephilim and I jumped in and said, well, actually, you know, I, I think big, you know, I think the Nephilim are here and they're Bigfoot, oh, right?" <laughs> and that took the conversation a whole nother realm. And by the way, total disclaimer, if you're a first time listener, that's a total joke, by the way. Like, <laughs> We're not flat earthers on here. We do No, no, no. We, we
1: know them. that the Nephilim were Sasquatch, not Bigfoot. Come <laughs> on.
2: Yeti. Come on. No, they're Yeti, Pete. What are you talking about? Wendigos. So, so what's really funny, man, is, you know, it started going from there that Bigfoot's really a reptilian <laughs> to, uh, eventually, um, I think the comment, I wish I had it to play, but, uh, the comment about, oh no, I think, I think all gingers. Because you, you brought up a comment about gingers at some point. And I, was I did like, that to you in a text. You're the one who decided to bring it
1: over because I was watching a TV show. It will remain nameless for the sake of this podcast. Because if and you the mention guys, that, they'll know you're not saved. Oh, I know. That's right. And the guy goes... Uh, all gingers are kissed by fire or something like that. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, greatest
2: line ever. And I text it to you. And then you bring it over to the Voxer group. You send this line. Gingers are kissed by fire. And it's like, you know, like dragon fire or something. It was so funny. And I go, I go. So I bring it in. I go, actually, Pete does believe that gingers are hiding here or uh, that Nephilim are hiding here. I told you, I don't have coffee. And, uh, and he go, <laughs> I just start like making this big elaborate thing. Oh, Pete, Pete knows real well. Oh, gingers, gingers are the Nephilim. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're less than 1% of the population. Gingers, they have, uh, you know, resistance to drugs. He sends me his big chart. You know, it's great.
1: It's an man. infographic. It's the greatest infographic for, for redheads ever. Cause it's like, it goes on to describe that we are technically genetic, uh, genetic mutations. We are freaks of nature. Uh, we make up 1% of the world's population. Um, the uh, the fat of gingers was used in like the 1500s for certain poisons. <laughs> I mean, it's it just so like creepy. <laughs> it just goes through like all these crazy facts about us redheads. Now you know why Pete is toxic. So your your point of uh gingers being Nephilim, hey, who knows, right? Yeah. Who knows?
2: Hey, hey man, you never know. You guys could be the Nephilim. We got red hair. Why do we have red hair? Because we're from hell. Yeah, hey, and that's that's where Nephilim in my basement gets its uh premise from, by the way. And I don't know what direction I'm gonna go with this children's book. I figure it could be, you know, you know, Nephilim, ginger haired Nephilim, reptilian, uh Wookie, you know, Yeti, something like I don't know. I really like the title "Nephilim in My Basement." Do you own that
1: URL? Yeah, yeah. It uh,
2: ne- Nephilim in bas- Basement dot com. I'm to go buy it right now on GoDaddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That we don't have to add "book" to the end like I did. Reaching the <laughs> You jerks, you bought that already. So, uh, anyways, yeah. Well, should we? Uh, should we get into uh, today's topic?
1: Yeah, so uh, you and I were at uh, Exponential. You were actually at Exponential. I went to Exponential just to meet with a few key peeps. And uh, and it was during one of those meetings that uh, I, I learned about a new exercise program I'd never heard of before. Uh, it was a little something called <laughs> goat
2: yoga. <laughs> did Did you? Okay, so here's the conversation, right? We're talking to a guy who, uh, so Jamie Johnson, right? Jamie, that's Jamie last name? Jackson, Jamie Jackson, Jackson. Jackson. He's right. got, um, he, he's like the COO of the church, um, that exponential came out of. And I just passion for planting. Isn't that the name of their no. That's their a network, but the okay. church, um, gosh, is it like new life? Um, it's in DC. It's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's not, it, it's kind of what we've been describing. I mean, I went and spoke at Exponential DC. And, uh, when I got there, it was in this, like, gym, like, you know, kind of public space, uh, you know, multi-purpose building. And the church, uh, rather than building a church building, did this. And of course, we've been talking about this kind of stuff on Church Plant. We talked about our bivocational training center that we're dreaming up, cooking up. And what ended up happening was, um, I, I got to meet with Jamie Jackson and we were picking his brain and, uh, we were picking his brain this week. Um, so I met with him for about an hour back east and then Pete and I met with him. Pete met with him on his own and then we were hanging out in the speaker's lounge and, uh, the, um, Jamie came, came up to the table and we got in this rad conversation about, you know, all the different things that, that you could do. And he was saying, yeah, even goat yoga, <laughs> because w- wait, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I want to know what that is.
1: i I'm telling you, I don't know what a goat <laughs> yoga is. And he goes, Google it. And I'm like, I'm afraid of what's going to happen when I Google goat yoga. I'm not go Googling that. And then you came up with like the crown of all comments. And you go, Based on your previous searches, Pete, <laughs> And I just, I lost it at that point, man. I was like goat yoga. And he was like naming off all these types of yoga, like chicken yoga, goat yoga, uh, porcupine yoga. I mean, I was like, I've never heard of this stuff. What is this?
2: Yeah, man. So it was, it was pretty funny, but yeah, uh, I am suffering the effects of caffeine deficit. It is true. Pete, I have a problem and i've confessed it publicly you,
1: you know you 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 definitely have a problem there's there's no doubt there so uh why don't we start by um talking a little bit about what you experienced at exponential because you you spoke at exponential and you ran one of the tracks so why don't we yeah. start with that tell everyone yeah. so, about that
2: yeah i you know i start off um i ran the mobilization track which if you're going to talk multiplication um if you're going to talk anything about forward movement you have to talk about the mobilization of of the people of God. And in fact, um, the very first workshop, I was in the pre-con workshop uh, by special invitation. I wasn't originally supposed to be in there, but um, here comes my train.
1: Well, to I'll take
2: your word for it because
1: I don't have my headset because my sound system isn't working, so I can't hear it.
2: Can't well, hear it. Yeah, so <laughs> he... Uh, so, so, Todd Wilson is um, the CEO really, of Exponential. He's the guy that kind of kind of makes the magic happen behind the scenes. Well, he's also pretty brilliant when it comes to talking about where the church is at. Um, he and Dave Ferguson came up with something pretty incredible talking about the a level five multiplication movement. And um so anyways, I got invited with uh, a guy named Ralph Moore. Um, who is the only identifiable identifiable level five multiplier. Um, there's a couple other people that are saying, well, actually, we might be level five multipliers as well. But he's confirmed, and he's been responsible for... Well, you got to break that down. You can't just drop a no, no. level five I'm gonna multiplier. I'm going to say it. In fact, I want to unpack that in a few minutes. But yeah. I just want to say this, that 2,719 churches is what the current count is of how many churches have been planted, uh, generationally out of Ralph Moore's church plant. So this is his church plant in Hawaii. It at its biggest was 1300. It's currently 300 because they keep breaking people off, sending people out. It is clearly a multiplication movement. It grows, it breaks off and plants out. And he also, um, but these are generations. So he was like, I don't know all 27. 100 church plants, you know, I, I had to write all of the church plants that we planted and ask them how many they planted. So this would be like second, third, fourth generation. And when it becomes a level five, the definition of a level five multiplication movement is that you can't keep track of it. Multiplication is happening exponentially so that you you can't keep track unless you you really um, keep gathering reports like he did. Um, so he wouldn't have known the impact that that he's had. Now he's currently, you know, discipling and planting out. But when he gave the secret to it, it was literally discipleship. He just said, "I just constantly disciple people," and he had three different ways of doing. It. He's like, "I disciple twelve people here. I disciple all my leaders of this. I disciple this. I disciple that." It's discipleship. So mobilization is really a result of discipling people well and where we often go wrong on um, discipleship is we equate discipleship with teaching now this is these are my um, kind of three uh, form formulas for discipleship i think the three ingredients are time life on life stuff just spending time with people you know your day-to-day Teaching, which is what we tend to call discipleship. We'd say well, we have a discipleship group. That means you meet with someone for an hour on Tuesday night and you go through a book together. Okay. That's a, that's a, uh, an element of discipleship. Not going to knock that. That's rad, but that's only the teaching leg of the stool. Um, and then the third part of it is maybe the mobilization part, um, of discipleship and mobilization is you're equipping them to do the works of the ministry. Now, one of the things I really appreciate about the pre-conference was as Todd Wilson and another gentleman by the name of Bill Kokenauer, he's also uh, one of the leaders of exponential works behind the scenes a lot. Um, <clears throat> Bill and, and Todd were kind of really bringing up the fact that the major shift in church happens when the leadership says, um, When they shift from, we'll do it, we'll do it, you help to you do it and we'll help. Mm -hmm. In other words, the current, the current thing is, Hey, you come to the Sunday meeting. And you help us. You volunteer to usher. You volunteer to uh, help with parking. You volunteer to help in childcare. You volunteer to help with sound. You volunteer to help with 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 the lights and the overheads. And you volunteer to make the you know the hospitality ministry. You volunteer. Volunteer. We'll do it, but you help us. And and mobilization is really when a leader says, "I'm just here to help you while you do ministry. I'm here to equip you." I'm here to empower you. What do you feel called to do? And a lot of the church planning that we do, and I, I coached a church planner, funny enough, on the way back last night, um, from driving home from Exponential, he, uh, he and I were chatting and he's going to come to the San Diego area. And, you know, everything that, that he was saying, um, was really geared around his service. And so I, I issued a little challenge and I <laughs> first I had to tell him, I said, Hey, did uh? Because it was a contact through Mac Lake. I said, "Did Mac tell you like my philosophy of ministry? Did he? Did he kind of tell you like how I work and how I operate and how I plant? Did he? Did he tell you anything about me? If you if you listened to my podcast or read any of my books?" And he said, "No. I just Mac said you're you're an animals." Was the words? I don't know what that means. But I I, I said, "Well, look. Here's it means word. it means Yeti. Yeah, uh, uh, was he calling me a nephilim?" i'm not saying he wasn't that's all i'm saying so 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 i go you know here's here's what i want you to do think about the british right when the prime minister gets elected um his political party comes to power with him he forms a cabinet but he also takes all of the people that didn't win from the other parties the experts on their teams and he creates what's called shadow cabinets so the shadow cabinet would also be advisors, but from the opposing side, so that he's not overlooking some key things. So I said, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna think of me as your shadow cabinet advisor. I'm gonna tell you the opposite of what everybody else is gonna tell you. But if your goal is to create a big church, listen to those other guys, if your goal is to reach lost people, listen to what I'm saying, right? I'm
1: just going to say that I'm pretty sure that whole philosophy was used in uh World War Z, if you remember, in oh, Israel.
2: Of course.
1: They had the one guy whose sole job it was was to disagree with everyone else and go, "What if like in the case that they were running into, what if there are zombies?" Yeah.
2: That's exactly what a shadow cabinet's for. And and so, you know, I just said just consider me like your shadow council. And I said, so here's what I want you to do. Keep making your plans like you were, um, but make a shadow strategy. And your shadow strategy is going to be that you literally, um, you do, I want you to think of getting everything accomplished, reaching all these lost people we talked about. But the rule is you can't do a Sunday service. And he goes, Oh, wow. And I go, Yeah, that's a paradigm shift. <clears throat> When you come up with a really good strategy and you tell you, I'm not saying you can't do a Sunday service. I'm just saying you make a second strategy. What would I do to reach all these lost people if I wasn't going to start a Sunday service? And I said, come up with something. When you come to San Diego, we'll talk and go over that. Because once you get that down, you know, that that's where people don't. That's where people don't do it. So the, the mobilization part is that part because that's the part that's really going to reach lost people, not what you do in the building on a Sunday. I do it. You help me. It's no, the every other time except for that one hour, it's what you're doing. And if, if the church exists to equip you, that is mobilization. Mm. So those are my tracks. Um, what we did. Was on our first mobilization track. I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, what I experienced. So I couldn't go to everything. There were some, you know, the hard thing about exponential is they really do pick guys like John Allwood was there. Um, one of my partners in crime and training. Um, Chris Lagerlof, John Worcester. Um, you know, there was, there was just a lot. Brad Briscoe. You know, a lot of the, the people that we would look at and say, these guys really have good stuff to say. And, and so, but the part of the hard part is you can't be in all their sessions. You know, you, you just have to kind of pick it. But anyways, I was busy during most of these times, um, where things were going on. So I can only talk about mine, you know, so I apologize for that. But, um, you should definitely go to exponential. And here's the cool thing. Let me say this. Um, I'm going to break down that Level 5 stuff um, in a second, and then I want to talk about where they're going for next year, which is called Hero Maker, which is just – I'm actually wearing a Hero Maker T-shirt right now. That's just
1: i know. Shirt. I know. I, I actually just assumed it was your only clean T-shirt, and that's why you were wearing it. <laughs> uh, no comment on that.
2: <laughs> my clothes I, are packed I, up.
1: I know we've kind of passed by snack Talk, But your Hero Maker t-shirt comment just reminded me of that video I sent you on Facebook. Which one? Dinosaur. The dinosaur
2: costume. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why did we not have one of those for Exponential? Um, So if you're a long-time listener (laughs) of the podcast,
1: you know Peyton loves dinosaurs and Jesus. And so everyone else finds it disrespectful when they have Jesus riding a T-Rex. He thinks it's the coolest thing in the world because he loves both. Yeah. And someone created a, a Halloween costume where it looks like you're riding a dinosaur. And so my comment to Peyton was, you know, what if you put a robe and a sash on? There you go.
2: You got your Halloween. Oh my costume. gosh, but this dinosaur costume is so rad. Like I'm I'm my kids are all dressing up like Star Wars, right? Um
1: Luke has uh, Poe Dameron's outfit. No, he way. looks like
2: he looks like an X-Wing pilot. Dude, that's so rad. You got to take me a picture of that. And here's the other cool thing. So my wife's going as Girl Bubba Fett. Oh. Isn't that a cool costume? She goes, what do you want me to be? I'm like, Girl Bubba Fett, because they have that costume. <laughs> so. Girl, Girl Bubba Fett, Girl Bubba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Kylo Ren, I might add. Wow, we Are really you? sidetracked back into Smack Talk easily. I told,
1: I told Jamie, I'm like, can I get a size? You know, because I'm a big guy. I'm like, can I get a Darth Vader outfit my size? Because I would so wear that.
2: Yeah, you totally could, dude. I'm just saying. Dude, you can uh, you could be whatever you want, man. So anyway, back to your level five. Yeah. Yeah, Lib's going to be Rey. Oh. Yeah. I, I have the Kylo what's, Ren costume, by the way. What's Eden? From Nam. Oh, well, Eden's the rebel, so she, in my heart, she's Jan Durso, but uh, she's going to be a My Little Pony, so she's the rebel. <laughs> she will represent the Rebel Alliance, rebelling against the Jones family. She's four, and uh, she'll be a My Little Pony. So anyways, uh, going back to this, um so the tracks were broken down into the first one. Was um you know you got to awaken your people's gifts. That's got to be the first conversation that you have. And uh, it was rad, man. We had Derek Ongoy. He was on hardcore church planning. He does open mic nights, spoken word stuff. Sees people come to faith, but he's very careful how he runs it. Um, he's he's a guy from Long Beach. He had a Darth Vader shirt, Pete, with with Darth Vader doing the Long Beach symbol. It was so rad. <laughs> and it was like empire, you know, cause that's like the, the, the company, you know. And, uh, so anyways, he, he, he did a spoken word, talk a little bit about what he did. And then I had a guy named Brian Sanders, um, did a hardcore with him. I don't know if that interview ever saw the light of day. In fact, I was just thinking, I've never heard anyone comment on that. So I got to go back and check the files, make sure I, Actually got that over to Travis so we could we could have that. But well, I know you did because it's actually
1: uh, the transcript of it at least. Yeah, is in our uh, kit that goes out
2: to Bivo Inner Circle members. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Brian Sanders is quickly becoming a friend. Um, it was funny because I text him at one point during the conference. He's like, "Oh, I'm up in the speakers lounge," and so when I walk in, I see him going into the bathroom, <laughs> and so I followed him in there. And uh, while he was at the urinal. I walked up to him, grabbed his shoulder, and go, "Found you!" <laughs> so <laughs> th- creepiest does he- moment ever. No, and I told him, "I go, we can't be friends anymore, can we?" And he was dying. He was laughing, going, "That is the weirdest moment." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you know that that was that was the intention, but uh, he was man. I'm telling you, like Alan Hirsch will tell you that that Brian's Church, Tampa Underground." Is his favorite church in America. And what he does is he sets up micro churches. So it's kind of think missional communities, but, but micro churches, what he does is he takes mobilization to the umpteenth level by basically telling people, what do you want to do? Like what, what Brian does is he looks, there's a guy who talks about how that, you know, during the, the, uh, you know, our parents generation, it was, you know, what you, what you could, could, could uh you could own you know it was your money you know it was like you know your property you were defined by by stuff you know and he goes and in this generation now there's been a shift and he quoted the guy some sociologists or something but right now it's you know particularly you know I'm guessing after you know you and I've talked about 9-11 and the housing market how it crashed my theory would be that this all changed here but he talks about this generation shifting To it's not about for this generation what you can own. Um, so we look at them and go slackers, you know, they, they don't want a mortgage. They don't want to work. They don't, they want to create, right? Hey, I I don't want a mortgage either. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? They don't want the, yeah. they don't want to own a bunch of stuff. They want to create. And so that's the new place that you find your identity with this generation. And, and, and if you sit back and think about it, you know, this is where, remember when I kind of gave my theory about why I think this generation is the way it is? It's because I found myself grumpy old man being mad at millennials all the time. And then all of a sudden going, well, how come that's who I'm working with? You know why am I when I'm making films and I'm you know doing these projects? Why am I working with all millennials? Because they create, right?
1: Well, that's not the real reason, though. I would argue these kids are cheap. I would argue it's because they haven't found a price point. True,
2: <laughs> that True. that they should be charging. Yeah, and you know what? You're actually right about that. And and so you know, here I am. I'm I'm working with these guys going, but the millennials know how to do stuff. Like that's kind of cool. They. They do know how to do stuff I don't know how to do. So the the reality is Brian's like, hey, you know, I, I, I just get people together and I empower them. And so, you know, he raises support for a space where they can all meet and he sets them going. So he'll have a micro church of writers. He'll have a micro church of people who get this. He shared this in one of our sessions because I was like, when they gave me the track, I could either like, Hog all the sessions. Um, or I could grab people that I felt you need to listen to this person. Like this person is going to say things I'm not going to say. And Brian was kind of a real, for me, a strategic win to get him on this track. Cause I just think he's the guy that I think, I think we're going to hear a lot more about Brian Sanders in future. And he's the guy that he doesn't really want to talk about it for 10 years. He wouldn't let anyone talk about what was it was an experiment and once he felt like and he'll tell you he'll be like hey i'm not i'm not that proud of Tampa. i don't think it's all that and i said well that that's exactly how church planners feel when they plan a church right like the apostle paul didn't look back at galatian feel really good about it or or corinth or you know you name the church no church paul planted was he like this one was rad i think ephesus was the best but he it still had problems you know, you read First Timothy, it had a lot of problems. So, but Brian, o, you know, he he basically, they're, they're micro churches. And they do gather at times in, in Central, but they're micro churches. And so, um, but it's all about empowering people to do what they feel called to do. So for him, even deeper than the subject of gifting is calling. What do you feel called to do? What do you feel God has you here to do? We well, utilize that, harness that, just go do it. And do it to God's glory. And, um, and that's what it looks like for him. And it's pretty cool, man. But, but, oh, one, one of the micro churches I was going to mention that I thought was pretty cool was, um, there's a micro church. Their passion is gathering homeless people and recording them. So, you know, you've probably seen that famous, uh, clip where they go, Santana goes and finds like one of his, his old band members who's like, he goes, he's one of the best musicians in the world and he's on skid row. And Santana goes and, and finds him and they start playing together. And this dude's like, you know, you just passed this guy by a oh, homeless crazy bum on the street. And Santana's like, no, you have no idea. This guy's a legend. And, um, so what, what this micro church does is they grab homeless people and they record them and they, they actually put them on albums and, uh, they sell them. And, uh, they use the, uh, the profits proceeds for, I don't know what, but, um, pretty cool, man. What is a micro church? How big is that? That's a good question. <clears throat> he kept calling them micro churches. And a lot of times it, it'd be interesting to sit down with Brian. This is kind of like in the heat of the moment. Like he was just kept saying, well, I would call them micro churches. And we didn't ask him like, Hey, define that. Mm. You know, we just, I don't know what he means. In fact, um, that's kind of the cool. Uh, part about this week is I spent a week with him and just getting to, to know him as a friend, you know, um, and just pick his brain. And so it's a, it'll be an ongoing conversation for sure. But, um, but yeah, the, uh, so, so that was our first one. Our second one, we had, um, a guy named Bo Crissetto. He runs releaseyape.com. Um, and he's with InterVarsity and he did a whole, um uh, uh, session on how to talk to people, so once you discover people 's gifts, then the the natural progression becomes how do I have gospel conversations that aren 't weird right like how do i just how do I get to the cross? how do I get to jesus how do i but how do I have these conversations and Bo 's got a strategy um, that he maps out in a book called beyond awkward um, his His whole job is to talk to people about the gospel that's like what he does then the third session we decided we'd bring a panel and we had shauna pilgrim who was our fourth session she spoke in the fourth session and then um we just did a panel and in the 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 panel is made up of me brian shauna pilgrim and a guy named alex absalon who is from uh the uk and uh has done a lot of work on public space, and then finally, our fifth session was ministry in public space, which was kind of my real passion. I think I hogged most of that session. I told him, "I'll talk for five minutes, and I'll let you guys go." But it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this podcast, huh? Kind of. Sorry, I'm gonna shut up. But, um but to be honest, I think that out of out of everyone there, I think that was kind of my. I think that is probably the one I needed to talk the most at. So.
1: That's cool. That's cool. And I uh, attended no sessions
2: at Exponential.
1: Yes, that is true. That is So, true. I I was I was just cracking jokes cuz it was at Mariner's Church in uh, Irvine and for those of you who know where Mariner's Church is, if you've ever been to it, it's huge. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so,
2: like a, it's like a giant um what would you compare it to? It's like a it's like a park with buildings. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, like
2: I was cracking the jokes and
1: I'm like, you know, you have a huge church when your baptismal has a floating chlorine buoy in it. I'm <laughs> like, it's just, your church is big. Okay, that's all I'm saying. It's a big church.
2: Yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore.
1: You're you're not in church plant territory anymore. Right, right.
2: Yeah, so, you know, as we, uh, yeah, and here I am in my session. I'm on this panel, and I keep getting these texts from Pete, like, hey, I'm here. But I don't have a ticket. Can I tell them I'm your lover? will that will that get me in?
1: I, I was hoping that my like I hope you had your computer plugged in yeah. and we're like doing a PowerPoint. you know how when you do that the uh your text messages will pop up on your computer
2: screen. I was just hoping like my text would pop up on it, your this screen. brings me you know, and he's hoping I'm gonna bust out or, like bust up laughing in the middle of my uh, session, you know, which, I, which I'm hoping I the people will bust up laughing. I didn't care if you were laughing. Oh, like it comes up on my PowerPoint. Yes. And so oh. everyone sees it. That's oh, what I was no. hoping. For. Can you imagine? Well, this goes back to earlier talks about exponential that we used to have where uh, when when Church Planner magazine was starting out, it, it, when we started, I just went there by myself and I had a table and, um, you know, was able to meet a lot of people in school. Second year, Pete goes, hey, I'll come with you. And tell them what you did, pete some most of you know this that have been long time listeners
1: well i brought a uh I brought a helium dolphin that uh we floated around the uh the booth area,
2: yeah, so we put like church one of those remote magazine.
1: control helium dolphins,
2: yeah, and we put church planner magazine, the logo on the side and everything, and flew it around the the big uh exhibitor exhibition room and uh, until it got stuck on the ceiling.
1: Which, yeah, you like kept doing over and over again, like Tyrone, which is when we met Tyrone. Yeah, that's
2: how we met him. He say he got. He's like, I can get that down.
1: Yeah, he would figure out a way to get it down.
2: You're like, oh, thanks, and you throw it right back up. And I'm like, it was what? my daughter. No, he hands oh, it, maybe it to was my four year old daughter. daughter and goes, hold this. <laughs> right after he spent like thirty minutes getting it off the ceiling, <laughs> and she just lets go.
1: and It goes right back up. It was great. That was the first time we were at an event where someone came up to him and goes, "I feel like such a, uh, a fanboy. I listen to your podcast all the time."
2: Hey man, all I know is I've now arrived since I uh was in a restaurant and someone heard my voice and so now now I'm big. I'm, I'm Yeah, someone down. came up to you and was like, "Hey, what's are your you name? Babe Jones or yeah, yeah." So uh so anyways, um yeah, man, like and then after that we started like Kind of trying to decide, like, what should we do? Should we take a big charter bus, like, get a skin wrapped around it? Like, we even talked about, like, buying a van. A Winnebago. Yeah, yeah, Winnebago. That's what it was, because Breaking Bad was on back then. And coming out in lab suits, like, parking it. Coming out in lab suits, like, we had been cooking up something. And just put church... Well, and you wanted to have, like, 150... No, uh, that's a different one, but uh, yes little people ninjas come running out of the winnebago. Oh, absolutely. Yes. This is what we wanted. We wanted ninja throwing star cards. Like like And when ninjas. he says we, it's him. <laughs> I I never wanted this. This is what Peyton wanted. Yes, it is what I wanted and I, what I still want. And I wanted little ninjas to run through there with like foam samurai swords and throwing stars and just Go yelling, like, like, like the, you've seen that commercial, like the yelling, you know, the running of the bulldogs, you know, I wanted a running of the church planning ninjas, like, like, it's okay that they're little people, you know, because then I don't know if I can say what I was about to say. Like, it's not like a terrorist attack, you know, no one's going to be threatened if it's little. I, I was being sensitive, you know, and, and I can just see you like, look guys. Peyton Jones, I give, give you an extra $10 if you
1: jump on the stage during Rick Warren's talk and start running across the stage. Well, I can this see you is doing the that.
2: thing. Like, and no irony, but like, not like you hire people for parties. I'm not making this up. You can literally hire little people. My brother did this. He hired a little, you can hire little people servants. I know it's in bad taste. Please send the hate mail to Pete at <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. He hired them as servants. Yeah. You, like, if you're doing like, like, served, a like he party. had,
1: like he had a meal catered and like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, you command them. You say things like, go get me beer, you know, or go, go do this for me or, you know, get my door or whatever. So they they literally you hire little people servants for like parties hey,
1: or All events. I'm saying is the last guy
2: I hired. He became a Christian. So maybe <laughs> we this gotta quickly go quickly turn back into smack talk. <laughs> so, so anyway, so my thought was that we would hire a bunch of little people, dress them as ninjas, get these business cards planted up, have them run through and throw these little stars at say church planner magazine at everybody and just run back into the Winnebago and drive off into the sunset. It'd be like the best advertising campaign ever. And then we started thinking about, well, hold on. They do have security and it would, even though it would be a rad stunt. Yeah, but they can run through their legs. It's cool. Security is no <gasps> you problem. You didn't say that. So, okay. Now everything I've said so far, I, no, that's not true. Everything I've said so far is wrong, but I've been trying to not be wrong. I'm saying facts, but anyways, the, the reality is that the, the throwing stars, it was a, it was a genius idea, but the, but the dinosaur. The dinosaur. Can you imagine getting on that dinosaur costume and going around like that? That would just. I will be honest with you. I kind of am thinking maybe I should
1: buy this. Oh, please buy it. Can you please buy one? I can I can write
2: that off as a business expense. Buy two. And we'll, <laughs> we'll go together. <laughs> we, just, we won't even say anything. It'll just be like we'll just have a Church Planner Magazine t-shirt on and then we'll just show up to the actual uh event wearing a dinosaur I, and and we won't even just it won't even You know how you went, on.
1: You know how you went and you spoke at that reformed conference? Yeah. I'm just saying oh, if you man. showed
2: up on stage in that my life is complete. Dude, you just gotta dance. It's the dance moves these guys are doing when they're wearing this thing. They're booging out. And it looks just because you guys haven't seen this thing, you gotta, you gotta post this in Church Planner magazine Facebook. That it, it you literally it looks like your body, like you're riding, like you have these tiny legs. It looks like you're riding horseback on this like T Rex. It's so rad. But these guys are doing all these rad dance moves. It is the funniest thing.
1: I kind of, I kind of want to get one for Halloween. I am like this close to getting it for Halloween. Oh, come on, dude!
2: That's what you need to be.
1: I well, but I think I might be Vader, only because Luke is Poe Dameron.
2: Yeah, yeah I gotcha, I gotcha. So back, back to church planning. That was see, it's the smack talk. This is because it's been long, Pete. So, anyways, couple, couple minutes, couple minutes. I don't have a timer. My system is not working. Oh, we got tons of time. So back to the level five multiplication. This was a real big takeaway for me in the pre con session. Um, I, and this is the second time I heard it because I, I heard it in DC, but it, it is so important to realize, like, I, I love the work that these guys have done. Number one, they talked about a level one church is a church in decline. They, they basically, mm. they, they drew three circles and they said you've got, you know, think of it in the terms of um the you know, three symbols. In in each of the three circles they drew a, a mathematical symbol. In the first circle it was the minus sign, in the second circle it was the plus sign, and then the third circle it was the X or the multiplication sign. And they said, look, think of it this way. There's three churches are doing three things. Either they're in decline, that's the minus sign, they're growing by addition right? That's the plus sign, second circle, or they are growing by multiple, they're multiplying. And then what they did is said, but truthfully, there's a circle in between each of these three circles. And so now all of a sudden you see five interlocking rings and they said, so level one church is church in decline. It's subtracting, right? It's shrinking every year. The second circle overlapping is a church that's plateaued, it's neither minus nor plus. It's a plateaued church. It's it's a church that's sustained the same. Maybe it's got 50 people, it's had 50 people for years, it's gonna keep having 50. Then it said, then you got your addition. Now this is level three. All you're all you're existing to do is add more people to your number. And then they said, but then there's another one. There's a church. And they said it's only, you know, a very small percentage of churches that are actually, um, doing this. It's less than 4% of the body of Christ of churches out there are planting out. That's crazy. Yeah. So they, the, so the fourth circle was in between the addition and the multiplication. It was, it was, planting, but that still is kind of it's ha- it's kind of like you're multiplying, but you're you're just adding a couple churches. A lot of uh satellite campuses might come into that category. And um and then, you know, of course, and and what's red is, you know, Todd Wilson is a we've interviewed him a couple times on hardcore. Uh he is a nuclear engineer. So he's really using his engineer brain here. But then in the fifth, that's that level five where you're planting churches that multiplication is so hardwired into the the DNA that if you were taken out as the leader, like say me, I leave, church planting keeps happening, and I can honestly say that in each of the churches that I planted, when I go, that stops. And probably, you know, in in times past, I've kind of been like, "Hey, you know, I'm 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 the driver, I'm the apostolic guy. Of course, I." I need to be there for that to continue. But when I leave, I still feed in and challenge them. So uh, Refuge Long Beach, we've we've possibly got Mike Bonomo coming out in future. So, But that's if I'm connected with it and I'm driving towards that. But a level five multiplication church is that discipleship, and that's the key to it, which leads to mobilization, is such a common practice that nobody, it, like you would have to intentionally put a strategic plan to stop multiplication from happening, to stop multiplying. So it's out of uh, Ralph Moore's hands. The the multiplication, it's exponential growth. He can't stop it right now, right? And and it's such a rad. Like I just feel like my vision blew up, you know. Um, recently with with exponential, and what's really cool is next year's theme. So so this was dream big, like think bigger beyond your church. Dream big. Look at a guy, Ralph Moore, 300 people in his church. But he's not just made disciples. He's made disciple makers. And that's a whole other conversation. And so how do you make disciple makers? That's what Jesus did. He poured into 12 guys. He didn't just make disciples. He made disciple makers. And so hero maker is a topic I'm super excited about for next year because – um that is really what it's all about. You know, for me, church planning stopped being about reaching the lost years ago and became more about training others. And that's what we're going to need in the future to see this kind of multiplication. A hero maker is someone who says, I must decrease. They must increase. A hero maker is someone who says, um, you can do it. I can help you rather than me being the big guy. And me wanting all the accolades, and people looking at me, look at me, look at me. Listen to my sermon. Watch me preach. Come to me. I'll I'll do it. You help. It's now I'm gonna empower and equip you, and that's what Ralph Moore does. That's his that's his hobby. That's his ministry, and um and that's why he's seen that growth. So Hero Maker that's gonna be the new one, man. I dig it, man. It's gonna be cool, and uh and I just love how they've done all this research, and it's led to this progression. If you pay attention to what, and I, it, what's funny is, is it's only recently that I've heard a couple of people go, oh, I don't go to Exponential, you know, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, why? Like, Exponential right now is cooler than it's ever been. If you pay attention to what they're saying, they've literally made a shift now to literally we're not going to, we're, we're going to say what needs to be said. This is what needs to be said. And I'm watching guys there. That are just getting wrecked, you know. Like people that are going, I came last year and it destroyed me. You know, um, it completely reinvented what kind of leader I was. So, if you guys are not paying attention to exponential right now, you need to be.
1: Mic drop. But but let's let's be honest. It's it's really because they gave you a, a mobilization track that you know you're, you're pushing it.
2: Yeah, no, you know what? They had my attention a couple years ago when they started getting guys from the international side. Did, did you hear they
1: gave me a track? <laughs> they asked me just to leave. That was the track. They're like, there's the door, Mr. Mitchell. Can you please just exit?
2: <laughs> no, and it's not. You know what? Like, literally, I, I would not kiss butt because they gave me a, a, a track. Literally believe in this. Literally learned a ton from sitting in those pre-con sessions. It's the way that people put things. It's kind of, it's like this. It's like church zero, right? People read church zero and they didn't go, Oh my gosh, I've never thought. It, maybe people said that, but the, the majority of people I hear that, that appreciated church zero come to me saying, um, you put into words what I had been feeling. And I think what exponential has done is they've just done the hard work of thinking about these things, watching, uh, formulating. And putting into words and it you know, you're looking at it going, that's new language, that's a new paradigm, but that is super helpful for mm-hmm. where we need to be. And I'm I'm super proud of it, man. I I think they've done really good work. And I love I love like the hero maker thing is a transition I personally had to make. That's been a major shift for me in the last few years. So anyways, um Pete, you know, I, I know that you can't always make it. To exponential conferences, though, because you're busy. You know, you're doing a lot of things. And for the pastor who is out there, you know, he's really busy. He can't, he can't go to exponential because, you know, he's doing his church finances. Um, he's, he's not only is he preaching and doing all the pastoral duties, he's doing all those other things. Well, there is a solution for that guy. I can't see it, Pete. What would
1: that possibly be? Simplifiedchurch.com. What?
2: SimplifyChurch.com. What would SimplifyChurch.com do for a man like
0: that?
1: Well, SimplifyChurch.com would take care of all your accounting needs, your payroll needs, your housing allowance needs, your IRS compliance. They even do web design. They do just about everything, with the exception of like virtual
2: assistants. Everything else they do. So, you mean that this is a group of church planners? That started up and and CPAs at the same time to start up a business. They can take care of all my giving and financial needs, donor tracking, IRS, compliancy. Yeah, it's called SimplifyChurch.com. Wow. You know what? That's rad. And you know what, guys? Once you go to them, there'll be no excuse for not going to Exponential next year. That's right. Head on over to SimplifyChurch.com. Tell Josh Henry Pete and Peyton sent you. You'll be glad you did. You know, I was thinking of, <laughs> I was thinking of all these great infomercials the other day about, you know, kind of like when Joey on friends, when he can't pour the milk out of the carton and they give him that little, remember when Joey's on the infomercial? You no. seen that one? Uh-uh. It's pretty good. And I would love to do our commercial. You know, Pete, I've been thinking for a long time. I love to do some commercials like that. We kind of do, but I'd really like to do some really cheesy ones in future. But hey, our time's out. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.
1: Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com.